This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC Campfires is brought to you by DSC, the Dallas Safari Club, conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Ruger, rugged, reliable firearms. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, the callingest call made. Double Nickel Taxidermy, where hunting memories are preserved. Now, here's your host, Larry Wysoon. Going to change things up this day. We are actually fishing with Gar Fishing Addiction Guide Service, Luke Clayton and I, with Chris Moody. And uh, for those of y'all who have ever watched River Monsters and a few other things, you'll know about Chris because Chris catches some of the biggest gars are to be found anywhere in North America. But this morning, Chris, you kind of changed us up a little bit to uh, where we're fishing crappies, right? Uh, yes, sir. During my slower times of the year and, and sometimes in the spring, I guide for catfish and crappie and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, crappie just happened to be one of my favorite fish to catch, regardless of what time of year. I, every time I've got a spare moment, whether it's winter, summer, spring, that's what I'm chasing is crappie myself. Now, I like to fish for everything, of course, but crappie are my favorite favorite fish to target. What about eating them? Oh man, they don't get any better. <laughs> that's for sure. They, you know, that they are probably one of the best freshwater fish and that you can eat. There, there is, you know, and and I can't find it. I don't honestly. I hadn't talked to a single person that said they don't like crappie. Well, what have we done? Because here we're in a situation where we're fishing a little creek off of a lake that you fish periodically. But uh, what are these crappie doing right now? Right now, a lot of these crappie, they're coming in this creek stage and getting ready to spawn. And, uh, you know, they're all 
there's white crappie and black crappie in here right now. The water temperatures then got to where both of them, they both spawned at a little bit different temperature, but right now they're both in this creek. And uh, they haven't spawned out, of course, because a lot of the fish we're catching still have a bunch of eggs in them, you know. So it's just a matter of time, but right now they're staging and they're just gonna get thicker and thicker by the minute in here. I just had to pull one in or the drag that's slip. That's what this is all about, was to do it in yep. a real kind of situation. But, uh, and you did. You caught an absolutely fantastic yep. crappie. Now, that's a white crappie that you're catching. Yes, sir. Uh, there's, Like I said, there's white crappie and black crappie in here, both. And uh, the males will turn, of both species, will turn a real pretty black color when they uh, get up in here and sit on the nest to guard the eggs. And uh, the, a lot of people... You know, you hear it across the country, they'll say, that well, they've got their tuxedos on, and that, that's exactly what they're doing, you know, is getting in here during the spawn, finding them a girlfriend, and making future generations a crappie. And that one wants to get back in the water, I think, but right. he's fixing, he's destined for the frying pan, as far yes, as I'm concerned, or the grill, one of the two. Yeah. Now, you mentioned white crappie and black crappie for the person that doesn't get an opportunity to fish for them very often. How do you tell the difference between two? Well, the easiest way, most of the time, depending on the water clarity they come out of, is just a white crappie will have some vertical bars on its side. And, and normally, depending, if they come out of most water they come out of, uh, you're able to see that, that bar pretty plainly, where black crappie will sort of have a broken, spotted pattern, you know, on their side. Right. Uh, but that's usually the easiest way. And then occasionally we'll catch, uh, you know, in this part of the, I guess it was last week I had a client catch one, what's called like a black nose. Uh, they're referred by several different things, black nose crappie or magnolia crappie, uh, you know, just several different things. Now, I don't know, but I've always heard that they were actually a cross between the two. You know, that's... Could be, yeah. You know, and they actually have a black stripe that runs down the top of their face all across their, just straight down their back. You know, even some people I've heard them refer to them as racers, you know, because of the racing stripe right. down their back. But they've got a lot of different nicknames just depending on where you're at and where you're fishing. Now, we're fishing with jigs. Right, yes, sir. And not only are these jigs, these are jigs that you yourself tie. Right, yes, sir. These are all hand-tied jigs in various weights. You know, most of them are one-eighth ounce and uh, even a few one-quarter ounce jigs. And... Uh, you know, I catch, I fish plastics occasionally too, uh, but I, I love to use plastics. I mean, excuse me, hand ties. Hand ties. I just, uh, you know, I, there's nothing better, you know, especially if you're a sportsman or outdoorsman, is tying your own jig and then catching fish on it. You know, just knowing that you tricked that fish with something you made. You're exactly right. I love rattling up whitetails, and to me, I, I don't, I don't tie my own whitetail antlers. Right. But, but to me, that man, it just adds something special. Kind of like calling predators too. I love calling them with a mouth right. call, and that's kind. Of, to me, it's maybe a little bit of a purist type of thing. But uh, you know, one of the things I've noticed here, we're fishing close to the bank. We're fishing a little creek that you call relatively shallow too, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. This creek varies anywhere from a couple of feet. I think the, about the maximum depth depth in here right now is around fourteen feet feet uh, and uh, that's what those crappie like they like grass vegetation uh, tree branches limbs hanging in the water brush tops and that's what they'll get in there and lay their eggs on now we're right at the spawn this is uh what the latter part of march right now yes we're looking sir at? and they these crappie have been in this creek for about two weeks now 
and uh, they'll probably be in here somewhere around another month before they move back out and get done. And then, of course, they're like any other thing, just like deer, you know, uh, a few of them will come into rut early and, and right. late, and fish are the same way. You'll have waves of fish that come in here uh, and spawn in various time frames, you know. Uh, but for the most part, you know, those those months, like from, say, mid-March through May or, or April, even into May, you'll still have some crappie spawning. Exactly. Now, you're using a fishing rig that, uh, to me, reminds me a whole lot of a fly rod in terms of the length. So Right. Yes, sir. I'm using a 10-foot. I mean, some guys even use 12 and, and even 13-foot rods. These are 10-foot ACC crappie sticks. And... Uh, they allow you, you know to be able to just basically when you're sitting in a in a uh, like in a brush top or whatever to be able to reach in a pretty good area with that that rod you know all the way around you and drop that jig into several different locations to try to get a bite. Now you may, let's go back to the jigs a little bit. You you tied numerous color patterns, right? Right. Yeah, and you never your color patterns vary. You know depending on the water you're fishing in, stained water versus clear water. Uh, and then plus there's there's several patterns that are just just favorites just by fishermen in general you know uh, of course back years and years ago you know when you bought crappie jigs you either had yellow or you had white you know exactly and, that's and, what i remember about right? crappie jigs from way back but now you know i mean with uh, most guys that do hand ties that tie their own jigs it's just it's endless on the amount of color combinations from the all the jig heads nowadays, 90% of the people that tie their own jigs use uh, powder coat paint. You know, all the heads yes, are powder coated, and so it's more durable, and, and there's just a, a rainbow of colors of powder, plus people mix their own custom colors and add different features, and there's, a, there's all kinds of tricks you can use to, to make the jig heads certain color patterns, swirl patterns, and spot, you know, and a lot of it, honestly, probably is just to catch the fishermen more than the fish, but... <laughs> but Crappie are one of the fish that, that definitely color does matter. I mean, I've seen it I'll where you could, yes, you could drop a jig in there and not get a bite and then change colors and then all of a sudden go to catching fish. And then that's just the way, the nature of a crappie. This has been so much fun as far as fishing. I've fished for crappie a time or two in the past. And some up this part of the country with uh, my old buddy Jim Zumbo and, and, uh, and uh, oh, happen to be Rick Lambert, Miranda's dad, and the three of us kick around and wherever we get an opportunity. And we fished for crappie up here in the past, and I'll be frank with you, the crappie that we caught that we were the proudest of because they were the biggest, those are the smallest that we have in our bag right now. <laughs> yes, sir. It's absolutely amazing the size of the crappie that you catch here. Yes, sir. This lake is, is, is really a good producer of real nice heavyweight crappie i mean it's not as well known as some of the other lakes like fork and lake of the pines as far as crappie populations and size but uh i like it that way it's a absolutely hidden, <laughs> hidden hot spot for me and uh you know i always usually when the bite gets real good i'm able to put my clients on fish what about time of day fishing is does it make a whole lot of difference when you fish time of day normally this time of year no i mean you know these fish they may adjust move a little deeper or get under a brush or shade uh, to adjust for the sunlight, but crappie, they're normally like if they're not spawning. Now it can, you know, mornings and afternoons are, are usually your best. But crappie like shade. Uh, even if you're fishing in deep water in timber, they're going to usually be on the shaded side of, really? that, of that timber, uh, even under the water. They they like to get in there and hide under docks or under logs and stuff like that. And they are producers, aren't they? I mean, they. they 
I guess I have no idea how many eggs one female lay, but I mean, just with what we're catching here in this area and seeing on the scope that you're using, there's an unbelievable number of crappie in this area. So there's got to be a tremendous crappie fisheries here. Oh, yes, sir. It, you know, the crappie are prolific spawners. They spawn just like... Uh, just like I would compare them sort of almost like white bass. They spawn by the millions in shallow water and backwater. And because of the type of water crappie spawn in, a lot of it's, you know, unreachable by most people. You know, boats or by by boat, they can go back, way back in sloughs and get in water just literally inches deep. And they'll spawn and lay their eggs and then return to the lake. And, and all those eggs and stuff are virtually... Those fish are untouched by people, and, and you know, that, that I think that's what helps them uh, just be so prolific and, and populate most reservoirs and lakes is because of the way that they reproduce in the waters they reproduce in. You know, most lakes in Texas, crappie aren't stocked at all, if, if very little, if any. I'll tell you what, let's just take a little break. It looks like you're anxious to go try another spot, and we'll come back and, and uh, visit some more here in just a little bit. All right, yes, sir, that sounds good. Back at the dock, if you will, or the cleaning station, and Chris, we caught a full limit, three people, full limit of, of crappie that were just absolutely fantastic, and I think he knows how to clean fish, Luke Layton. He does for a fact, <laughs> I tell you. It wasn't, wasn't Mr. Chris's first rodeo. And up the pile of fillets, man. That's going oh, man. to make so many good meals right there. Well, that crappie is just outstanding fish to be eating anyway. Now, Chris, when we were out there, you were talking about a different recipe where you scaled the, the crappie. Yes, sir. I like It's actually one of my favorite, probably my favorite way of cooking them. I and what I do, I just scale the crappie hole, cut the head off and gut it, of course. And then I'll, I'll score it on each side cross uh, crossway. Yes, sir. And then um, after that, then I put garlic powder, onion powder, salt and pepper. And I apply a liberal amount of that on there, you know, quite heavily, to be honest. And then I myself, I cook it on a pellet smoker, and uh, I'll put that pellet smoker on about 225, and I'll cook it about 30 minutes, and it's pretty much done at that point. And then I'll turn it up to about 350, and uh, cook it another 10 minutes or so, 15 maybe, to brown it off and get it good and nice and golden brown. And then I'll put a little butter on one side, let it melt in it, and then flip it over, put it in another on the other side and let it melt through it real good and man it's some of the best eating you can ever have for as fish and and i love fried fish myself but i tell you that that crappie prepared that way is absolutely delicious chris do you do you put it put the fish right on the grill or do you put them on foil I, and then... i use actually a basket you know one yeah. of those clamshell yeah. type baskets yeah. you can put the fish in that holds them together and keeps them from you know coming apart because they they're pretty tender when you cook them for yeah. uh on that low temperature you know and the reason why i cook them slow is just to give them time to get a little bit of smoke flavor from that mm -hmm. from that grill that good smoke adds a lot to it. Oh, you man, know? I'll tell you oh, what. It, that, I was listening here thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God. That sounds really good. Yeah. They, they <laughs> Making really me hungry, Buck. Look, you like to fry them? Oh, yeah. I love, I, it's hard to beat fried any kind of fish. You know, rather than just fry them, I'll, I'll always put, put them in a Ziploc bag, put a little Louisiana hot sauce. Not the hottest of hot sauce, but I like to use... Louisiana hot sauce or Evangeline, one of the cheaper brands, but it's not quite as hot. And put a little buttermilk in there with that Louisiana hot sauce, yeah. and you won't go wrong. But you know, uh, another way is kind of an altered way of blackening that I that I learned up in Saskatchewan a couple years ago. 
on walleye, but you can use any kind of fish. And instead of getting your skillet white hot, you know, like you sh you're supposed right, to, right. like Paul Prudhomme right. taught everybody to do with the redfish, you know, get it hot, put butter in there or olive oil, get it hot, put your fillets, you want to fillet the fish for this, and just put a good blackening seasoning on it and then slap that seasoned side down. And then while it's cooking, heating in that oil or butter, go ahead and season that other side so you don't waste a bunch of your seasoning. But that's a really good way to eat it. And then squeeze you a little lemon on that, man, oh, and you man. get it done. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> it'll oh, it'll make a quick shore lunch there, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the fishing out here, obviously, you know where to go. I mean, and, and well, I'm totally impressed, Chris. I really am because the entire process of it, with right. you doing your own jigs, that to me means so much. I'll tell you what, you doing that. I was really impressed with it, not only the size of the fish, but the jigs and your knowledge of, of the properties we fish now. Where I remember you from is from, uh, I think it's River Monsters? Yes, sir. You know, the, when... I've been actually guiding for alligator gar way before River Monsters or any of that Absolutely came right. about. And uh, once River Monsters was filmed, then it actually it just made gar fishing popularity explode, you know, across the United States and actually the world. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've been guiding close to, well, probably about 17 years for alligator gar. You know, one of the original alligator gar guides on rod and reel. Yes, sir. And, like I said, it's gotten so popular. I mean, I have clients fly in from all over the world, Russia, China, Japan, the U.K., Sweden, Brazil, India. I mean, it just the list goes on and on. It's amazing. But I have a lot of people come even, you know, from all across the United States and Texas as well. And uh, it's just, you know, it allows somebody to catch a, a big, huge fish uh, in fresh water and especially like the local people, you know, that live around Texas and stuff like that, uh, you know, they can drive a couple of hours and come catch a fish that weighs possibly 200 plus pounds on rod and reel. And, you know, you can't do that unless you go offshore or <laughs> shark fishing. Right? Yeah. Yes, You're right. You're right. Well, I want to come back where we uh, totally part company i need to get some dates from you because i want to bring a daughter of mine and and uh she and i do see if we can catch a gar I've, that's one thing i've tried to do several times several places i fished down in deep south texas and some of those uh oh there's a huge drainage ditch that runs off the coast all the way into and i've cooked some big ones but i never have caught a big one so you know larry this is a good time for me to to learn a little something too i fish for gar amateurishly and yeah. the biggest gar I've ever caught might have weighed 25 pounds, you know, to be honest. But here's what I learned, uh, Chris, and maybe you can help me and some of the folks listening would learn, too. Uh, live perch is what I used. I used live perch. And this is some like Oxbow Lakes off the Trinity. Some buddy of mine's got some two, 300-acre lakes, big old lakes. They get stocked with gar. But I'd put a floater, a weighted cork, I call it, and uh, Make a long cast and then just roll it and stop, roll it. And then here's what happened, would happen. And you, I bet you can relate. That cork would go under and it might stay under for 30 seconds. And you're in free spool and it may pop up over there 60 yards, some direction. You don't know where. If you set that, I could not stick those gar until, let, let them come back up. And then when they'd go back, sometimes I could get the hook stuck. 
right yes or gar they're very peculiar fish even for their size i mean you take a fish that weighs 150 pounds you would think he would just take a, a another fish and just shred it to pieces but a lot of times when they attack their prey of course because they're a predator fish they'll uh catch a fish in the water and they might swim around with that fish in their mouth for 10 or 15 minutes and they make no attempt to eat it at all well they do the same thing with uh cut baits and stuff that we fish with on the river a fish will come in there pick the bait up maybe go down river sometimes 100 yards or more 200 yards and uh if you try to set the hook on that initial run you're just going most of the time he's just going to let go or you're going to hook him for a split second and he's going to spit it out that's what um, i found yeah you know they're, they're like i say they're a peculiar fish you would think that they would just come in there and swallow it and eat it but they just they're they don't do that uh and even i've seen some in captivity and they're the same way when they get a piece of food or something they'll swim around with it a little while before they decide to eat it it's really odd odd feature that it they is. have hooks uh for these monster big gar what kind of hooks do you use chris i use just a actually it's a rather small hook for the size of fish i'm using a little three alt uh, treble hook and it's just a bronze coated steel hook that way for some reason if the fish is hooked deep we can cut the leader and the hook will rust out totally fine uh, i've tagged uh, in the last two years almost 600 alligator gar for texas park and wildlife and uh, you know, a lot of the fish we get the hooks out of, and if we don't, we leave it in, and, and I catch a lot of the fish. I've caught some of the fish that I've caught already within the last two years, some of them two and three times since they were initially tagged. That hook will rust, yes, rust sir. out. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Interesting, interesting. Now, you're fishing primarily for alligator gar, right? Do uh, you, you occasionally run, like, into the long-nosed gars or yes, any of those? Yes, we'll catch a long-nosed gar or a big flathead or a big blue cat on, yeah. that, on that fresh cut cut bait you know in the river there is there a time that you encourage people to come fish for gar as opposed to other times of the year Uh, i start fishing in march of every year and i'll usually fish through october sometimes november just depending on the weather we're having so normally there are warm water fish and and those are the dates that i try to fish in during those months and then i supplement you know my guide service fish for catfish crappie and and sand bass and stuff like that during the cooler months but now i've run a trip uh back in february during the winter i had uh, some clients from maine that they just basically insisted on trying to catch one and <laughs> right. i said well we'll go make an attempt and we just happened to catch a beautiful uh day for winter time and we had temperatures here in texas around 70 that day and we ended up catching a fish that was close to 175 pounds oh, during, the, during the dead of winter we oh, actually i remember boated, seeing the picture yeah of that. boated yeah. three fish that fish was seven foot six and around 175 pounds that's a big fish oh yes sir that's a big fish how long when you hook them how long is it when you finally set the hook let me put it like that when you finally set the hook how long will it take sometimes to bring those fish uh, in it varies depending on the water temperature on these fish and, and the time of year anywhere from 5 to 15 to 20 minutes uh, during the summer they fatigue out quicker because the water gotcha, is warm yes, in the sir. river but uh, even if the fight is limited to you know five ten minutes during that time you have all you can handle i mean i'm using big heavy saltwater tackle with the drags cranked down tight you know 130 pound braid 
and uh, <laughs> I've had people nearly get drugged completely out of the boat. I can't imagine. Yes, I can absolutely imagine. I'd, I've caught one or two good-sized catfish, you know, they were 70-pound approaching thing. And I remember by the time I finally got them up to the boat and where I could get a photograph of them, I was sure glad they were in the boat. You know, I was glad that, flight, that fight was finished oh, yes, for sir. the day kind of thing. Chris, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way? I know you got websites, mm-hmm. and I know that you you also have a tendency because of the 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 great guide that you are. You have a tendency to book up sometime months in advance too. So people need to take that in consideration if they want to come. But what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, well, I've got uh, like you mentioned earlier, I have two websites. Uh, one is garfishingaddiction.com, and the other is texasfishingaddiction.com. And then I also have Facebook pages and Instagrams for both of them. And then uh, my cell phone number, I don't mind if somebody calls me or texts me on that, is 903-780-4662. And they can just give me a call if they'd like to book. And like I say, I, on the guard trips, because I've been doing it so long, I, you know, I'm pretty established and I have a lot of return clients and word of mouth and stuff like that. I mean, here it is. It's fixing to be the 1st of April, and I'm already, you know, all my weekend dates are almost gone, and June's completely gone, and May's almost completely gone, too, as well. So uh, it's better, you know, if somebody wants prime dates to book several months in advance. Absolutely perfect. Well, like I say, once we get back, I'm going to get dates that you have open, and, and I'll send all you a right. deposit to get over here because I all really right. do want to catch one of those big gar. I know he knows how to fish, Luke. I saw how you put He put me on the biggest white crappie I've ever caught and by far the biggest black crappie I've ever caught. Yeah, so. this, 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 the, I've said it, said it before. I'll say it again. Best crappie trip. I fished. I'm no pro crappie fisherman, but I fished for him a lot through the years with guys that are pros uh, this this was one awesome day fishing and how about how pleasant was it back in the back in the back in these creeks you know we're back, we were back beautiful. in some areas that uh as i used to say when i was growing up in the country they have to pump daylight into us we were far <laughs> back in I, I enjoyed it as well i appreciate you guys coming and fishing with me this has been good time. such a great pleasure like i said i've been wanting to meet you for years so finally got that done i can't wait now to come back and fish for gar with you All right. thank you so very much and y'all join us right here next week on dsc's campfires appreciate y'all being with us DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by Texas Wildlife Association, working for tomorrow's wildlife today. Texas raised hunting products, the scent gods, can attract boots for the trails less traveled. Voight, the finest in hunting gear. Pyramid Air for all things air gun. And Ripcord Rescue Travel Protection. <laughs>